0: Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. We're back again with another remastered episode, this time with my good friend, Illusory Wall. Uh, Him and I spoke four years ago on this podcast to talk about his origin story and the things that he was doing and all of the stuff just you know that we do in a don't give up skeleton podcast uh it was an absolute blast catching up with all of the things that he's currently doing his dark souls dissected series is amazing please go check all of that stuff out of course we get into all of the demon souls remastered news that we can talk about um and it's just a really fun conversation i think you guys will very much enjoy it Dark Souls. Dark Souls, yeah. Um, (laughs) It was wild listening to a conversation that we had almost exactly four years ago. Uh, Like that, that episode was recorded or released in May of 2016 and that just seems like I don't. That was forever ago, man. Like that seems like it was like just years and years and years, like a decades past. We were talking about like Dark Souls three stuff and why there was no poison Dark Souls three. <laughs> like, oh was, wow! It was. It's wild to go back and listen to that stuff now. Um, but and like, and so much has changed since then. Like even as I even mean, in the small world of uh, from software fans, I think a lot of stuff has changed.
1: Absolutely, and things have changed for me as well a bit because I sort of I felt like when we last talked that would be sort of the towards the end of like my first wave of contributions to the community. Cause kind of like dark souls three is where I sort of tapered off and didn't really test as much. Um, so like when the games were older, I did this big sort of wave of testing where like, I really kept up and tested a lot of things, but it's only sort of been more recently that I've got better tools for recording and capturing footage and kind of dusting things off and, and starting my sort of YouTube series on, on these games that, uh, I've sort of gotten back into them. So it's funny. I think like when we last talked that felt like I was maybe winding down from doing dark souls stuff in a way somewhat like in my head, I thought that's what I was doing, but uh, yeah, I guess I'm sort of back, back in it here.
0: Yeah. You've been doing the uh, dissected video series for a while, mm-hmm. um, which has been like some of the primo dark souls content to come out. I have uh, almost entirely fallen off of souls YouTube. Like, um, mm. With the exception of podcast and um, friends, it, there's just not a lot of it that I consume. Like I've lost all of my taste for lore theorizing and, and, and doing all of that work. I've uh, There's mm-hmm. not a lot of like PVP stuff that I'm interested in. Um, I've been watching CJ stream... You know the he's been doing Dark Souls and some other and Sekiro and things like that. I've been watching him do that, but mm-hmm. otherwise, um, an apologies my my neighbors are rowing my lawn, so if that comes through on the mic, just <laughs> let me know. Um, but otherwise, I just I just kind of have lost a lot of appetite for it, and I think that's um, a lot to do with Dark Souls three and not really d- gelling with that game the way that I did with the previous games. It was with Sekiro coming out and. As much as I like that game, there's just not being a a lot of depth to it that I came to expect from like the Dark Souls series and Bloodborne Mm -hmm. and just kind of being like, yeah, I'm kind of done. And I think that was a, you know, for for me personally, it was one of the reasons why I stopped doing Don't Give Up Skeleton and things like that. I Mm -hmm. just didn't have a lot of appetite for it. How how are you feeling in 2020 about From Software and Souls fandom? And what are are you doing? Like, are you what's what's going on with you? (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay, so, well, in terms of, like, fandom stuff, actually, I think I feel somewhat similar. I mean, I did really enjoy playing through Sekiro, but, like, I only played through it, like, one and a half times, if that says anything. Um, Dark Souls 3, again, I only played through that game once, really. And uh, I sort of felt similar, like, lore-wise. Like, I just kind of lost interest in, like, how it connected to Dark Souls 1, and that sort of, like, swept the rug out from underneath the game in a way where I didn't feel as invested. Um, But there were th- still individual things aspects about it that I really enjoyed and more recently a debug mode for both Dark Souls 3 and Sekiro have been released um, and so that's sort of getting me back and being like okay well what can I look at in these games because uh, I'm still always interested in the mechanics and what's going on under the hood uh, even if I'm not quite as wrapped up in it as I am with some you know like something like Dark Souls 1 or Demon Souls um, so the release of those things has had me sort of been looking at, into those games again um, and I've already planned some video ideas for Dark Souls 3. So I, I'm sort of getting pulled back in now just because of the tools that are available.
0: When you say that they've been released, uh, the Dark Souls 1 debug build, I remember kind of famously being just accidentally published on Steam. Accidentally. For like, for like yeah. a day or something, and people grabbing copies of that. What, where are these debug builds coming from, from Sekiro and Dark Souls 3?
1: Uh, this is just like hacking wizardry from the community. Nice. Um, so I don't even really know or fully understand the backstory, but it's n- it's definitely not the same thing as Dark Souls One, where like that was just straight up given to the public by accident. Uh, this is a community undertaking. Gotcha. Um, the, uh, the the debug modes are like, especially for secure, are like really janky right now. Like, you have to, I think you have to run the game like in windowed mode, otherwise, like the text from the debug overlay will like display everywhere but inside the game. Like if I'm looking at like folders on my computer, like in Windows, I see like like text from Sekiro. crap like on the screen. I'm like, what the hell is going And It's like flickering. Um it's awesome. And there's like there's a lot of weird stuff, but even just small things. Like I was really curious in Sekiro about like, well they replaced like they have this like balance system or whatever it's called. Um and I was always curious before, and I'm I'm sure I'm not the first person to have looked this up or figured it out by any Means, but um, I always wondered before. I'm like, what is that using? Like, is that using poise? Like, is that using stamina from the past games? Um, uh, actually, turns out it's just using stamina. So, like the the poise, you have like what's you know essentially infinite stamina in Sekiro, but that was re- that was used to replace the uh, or I should say it was replaced by the balance system. It's actually just stamina behind the scenes.
0: Oh, interesting. So there actually but- is stamina in, in Sekiro because uh, that was. I remember playing through it and uh, getting to the Madden Butterfly fight and like doing the thing that I would do in Dark Souls, which is like, you know, closing in, hitting a few times and then backing off. And they were like, wait, what am I doing? <laughs> like, I don't have stamina. Yep. <laughs> like, I could just yeah. keep it, going. What am I doing?
1: Yeah, it's just, it's just balance. And, like, I, I figured it sort of had a 50-50 chance. I'm like, did they use poise for that or did they use stamina? And it's cool being able to fire up I and see, like, the numbers behind the scenes. Like, oh, yeah, that actually is your stamina stat that it makes up balance. I thought that was kind of neat. What did you? Uh,
0: how did you feel about Sekiro's kind of departure from? Like, I,
1: I don't, I don't think anybody
0: nowadays is really calling it a "quote unquote" Souls game. Um, mm-hmm. Like, even in the, like, I think you can call Bloodborne a Souls game. Like, it has shares a lot of DNA, but Sekiro is such a vast departure from what they were, what they had been doing up to that point. But I mean, what, what, how did you so, gel with it?
1: I, I, I quite enjoyed it, but it still is a separate thing for me. Like, my heart really lies with like the rpg aspects of the past souls games like i love building a a character class having tons of different stuff you can equip um so that definitely puts Sekiro sort of like notch below the souls games for me um but like every time the latest like soulsborne ish game from from software comes out like i'm always saying to myself like man these guys would make the best castlevania game ever (laughs) um like there's just so many things like even with all the weird flaws of the games like dark souls 2 with its host of issues like when you get on like that pirate ship thing going to the lost bastille i'm like okay that's straight up castlevania 3 um there's stuff like when you get to bloodborne it's like okay you actually have more of the aesthetic now so this really feels like castlevania again and then in sekiro you have like you can grapple around them like okay that's what you would do with your whip um and even the balance system i think would be pretty fitting for a castlevania game because it's kind of like maybe your whip doesn't do like tons of critical damage to this enemy. You have to whittle them down and then stab them with the uh, handle of your whip or something like that. And like it just every time they do this, I'm like, wow, they, they really just need to, you know, Konami needs to get in contact from software and make it happen.
0: It's funny you mentioned that because uh, as I was reviewing the original episode that you did of this podcast, um, that was your story about how you got into the Souls game. Uh, I can't remember the, the guy's name, but it was a, a guy that did some of the soundtrack for Retro City Rampage described mm-hmm. Demon Souls as like the, uh, the closest you're going to get to a 3D Castlevania. And you're like, oh, well, I got to check that out then. Um, yep. So like, intense. I think we've just gotten closer and closer and closer. We just need the license from like, get on that. What are you doing?
1: Yeah, Konami's not going to do it. They're not going to make a good Castlevania game
0: no not it i don't think Konami's is going to make a good game at this point like they're just right. they're just they've just abandoned the premise it seems like right
1: yeah it's they, they keep proving that true it's yeah
0: funny. <laughs> and i wish it wasn't true like i wish like I, yeah. I think they have so many you know interesting properties that they could do that that you know they're just not doing anything with um yeah so yeah i i kind of felt the same of like like the 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 actual movement in Sekiro and the combat was super interesting to me I just there wasn't the amount of depth to it that I, that I wanted like outside of um like the combat system itself seemed it is it was super fun but I didn't really engage with any of the tools or anything like I didn't really get into a lot of that stuff until like new game 2 or 3 or something mm-hmm. um so the parrying system compared to what we had had originally from the souls games just felt like real simplistic like i just wanted more like i wanted more of those rpg mechanics and yeah um, and that's like it's always weird when i complain about from soft game because i like i do this podcast like i i'm i I, they're extremely great games that i am picking apart on a minute. like i feel like tom click on tom chef on top chef
1: right like i'm like these are great (laughs) meals don't get me
0: wrong you just need a little (laughs) bit more salt
1: from yeah Yeah, I understand that completely. Yeah, and it was, again, I was just in a similar place where, like, I enjoyed Sekiro, but it didn't really occupy my headspace in the same way that past Souls games have.
0: How did you? Uh, how did you find the remaster? Like, since we since we spoke, uh, God, man, like, like all of the Dark oh, Souls yeah, Three DLC, Dark Souls One mm-hmm. remastered. Um, oh yeah, like all of that so, stuff came out. Like, did you? Were you super excited about that?
1: I was very excited when it came out. Uh, I'm very thankful it exists. Uh, it's just a little frustrating that they kind of mess things up with the matchmaking i feel like me too um, yeah there was i made a blog post some years back where i actually talked about the concept of weapon level matchmaking i think before it existed in any of the games and i was suggesting it myself like here's something you could do um and now that the, they did it it kind of sucks so <laughs> for, for these kind of things though i would still sort of defend my argument and the idea that uh the devil is always in the details, right? Like you can talk about these systems and be like, okay, well, it, it's it's bad because it's bad, but it's always down to the numbers and how you how you fine tune them. I feel like, and uh, in the case of Dark Souls Remastered, what they did is they added that new weapon level matchmaking system that didn't exist before, uh, but they also shrunk a lot of the level ranges as well. So it's kind of like, wait a second, like you're trying to bring balance to the online experience, and you sort of funneled in players by how upgraded their gear is if anything you could open the level ranges now more because now there's going to be less disparity in how actually dangerous your opponents are um but they they constrained both so it just became the game became a ghost town pretty quick and it was like man i really wish they addressed the idea of like when these games get older it can be really hard to find activity and there should be more thought put into like how to avoid the problem of just sitting there and being like can't find anyone to invade can't find anyone to invade and just sitting there forever trying to find someone
0: Exactly. Yeah, um, I, I booted it up the other day, the PS4 version, because I wanted to see if I could do um, some karmic justice invasions because I am a parody of myself even in 2020, and uh, I, you know, was able to invade like two people and then like Ghost Town, um, mm-hmm. and then I went to Ghost Town. I went to even I went went to New Londo to try to find stuff to see if I could find anything. Couldn't find anybody over there either. So it just felt just felt empty in a way that, like, I think you could probably boot up Dark Souls One for three sixty and probably find people still in the Ullasill Township fighting if, if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but any of that good, good, good low level PvP stuff that I'm looking for, just they, from software over the years, seems to have just continually made decisions to block that kind of activity. Like it feels like they they created this whole PvP landscape and then they were like, oh wait. It's bad, actually. And so let's let's just make it for the people that are really, really invested mm-hmm. in the game as opposed to the stuff that I really like, which is like the, the weird dynamic. Somebody invaded me. I don't know who they are. I don't know what this is. Or invading somebody that's like on their way to, through the game or, or what have you. And even outside of like griefing or being kind of a dick, like it's just fun to have those kind of scrambling fights as opposed to I have crafted this soul level 120 build with the intent of murdering people. Online, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I'm always curious about how Dark Souls One, to a lesser extent, Stevenstone Stone, but Dark Souls One specifically, like captured that so perfectly, and then they've just not expanded on that. Like it seems like they just don't. They they it seems like they've actively been trying to work against that since then with every single game that's come out.
1: Yeah, actually, this is something I'm talking about in my next Dark Souls dissected video. Because um, the next video is going to be my first video for Dark Souls Two, and it's going to be all about uh, Soul Memory, actually. But my sort of how I have it in the script is, before I talk about like how Soul Memory was tested and figured out, I sort of go through the history of like how Demon Souls and Dark Souls kind of sort of thought just a teeny little bit about how invasions were going to work, but not really. And then after they're confronted with like the widespread issue of twinking, every game from Dark Souls Two on is has tried to address it, but they've all addressed it in different ways, which is kind of interesting. So it kind of goes to show that they're not happy with twinking, but they're also not confident in how to address it. Um, And that's what of it's kind of a weird thing.
0: And that's what like, I I would be, and I've always wanted to have more input from, from from software as a whole, like just on everything. Right. But just specifically Mm -hmm. like dealing with these online issues, which seems completely unique um like we're not talking about like a call of duty or uh overwatch Uh like a competitive shooter situation where people are are investing you know money and time and competitions and like all of that stuff exists but like this just kind of seemed like oh yeah we can do it like let's let's throw it on there and then just having no no way to Like you said, no thought through on on anything, and like, Mm -hmm. oh wait, no, we have to fit. Like it just seems like band-aids ever since, and it's just fascinating. Mm -hmm. Like I'd be really curious. Did did they was Q Lock behind the Dark Dark Souls remastered like weapon lock change, weapon level match matchmaking, or was that like did From Software say no, we want this in here? You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. So um, something I could say, which I don't know if I'm like really supposed to talk about it or not, but whatever. Um, I heard. And I I can't see where this information came from, but I sort of heard through the grapevine that apparently uh, they were reading my blog at some point. What? Uh, yeah, and and they had even considered some of the my suggestions about I think Gravelord changes to that covenant, how to improve it. Um, and the sort of fact that that didn't follow through makes me sort of like not want to place any blame for any shortcomings on the devs uh, of the remaster. I would say probably more likely the publishers just kind of were like, nope, you have a limited time and budget and don't change too much and, you know, make a few quality of life changes. And that's, that's all you can do. Uh, So I think the devs themselves were contemplating more ideas and were interested and just probably couldn't get to it. Um, Again, this is sort of a a rumor that's come to me secondhand. uh, But uh, so I can't like truly verify that, but that's, that's sort of what I've heard, but on the same token, again, if they dug up my suggestions for weapon level matchmaking, <laughs> uh, <laughs> if somehow I'm the reason that exists in Dark Souls Remastered, my bad. Um, but uh, I know, I know, I don't know though that that was introduced to Dark Souls Three weapon level matchmaking, so they probably did just carry that over from there
0: well and it's you know now now everybody can blame you though so that's like everybody who listens to the podcast please add illusory wall on twitter tell them how tell yeah. them how you how you feel about it, <laughs> yeah. it, it
1: it's funny to me because like am not going to say weapon level matchmaking is in dark souls remastered because of me but there's a non-zero chance and like that is really <laughs> fascinating to me so
0: no that's great and i you know i wish that um I'm always curious how much people listen to the, the fandom of the things that they create mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm pretty active in the supernatural fandom I'm not active in it but like I'm part of it because I do the podcast and it's it's always been a big question like are they are the writers reading what the fans want and things like that and I, I'm, I always apply that to Dark Souls of like you know why are you making these changes like when Dark Souls 3 was being released and they were patching it and they would there was that big statement of like poise is working as intended um, and you and I had the conversation of like it's just kind of a bummer that it doesn't work like it did in previous games I'm, mm-hmm. I would just love to have more information from from software as a developer as on, on the whole right like just to know w- about any of their decision makings but they seem so I almost said closed minded that's not what the word I'm looking for but they seem so um, it, you know re- they seem so reluctant to discuss those issues and I'm always just kind of curious why
1: yeah, there's always been a sort of weird tug of war um, with the idea of how matchmaking was supposed to connect you with random players. Um, you know, like in Demon Souls, they weren't really anticipating a, a community to build up and be like, okay, you drop your sign here at this time, and like using outside chat tools to make all that happen. Um, Dark Souls One came out, and that switched to like this crappy matchmaking system where you can only pair with like 20 players at a time, so it makes it really hard to pair with specific players and uh, You know, so they really didn't care about how much you understood the systems and how much you could control it. But then there's a sort of dissonance, because by the time you get to Dark Souls 2, it's like you have the name engraved ring. So it's kind of like, okay, so you do want friends to be able to play with each other. And then you have password systems in the games, you know, afterwards. And so it's just this weird sort of, like, back and forth between, like, they don't want players to have input or really know what's happening or be able to be in control of this random matchmaking. But actually, they kind of make concessions for that as the series goes on. So it's it's in a weird place.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like they definitely started. Like, I mean, if you remember in the 360 days, if you were in a voice chat on the mm-hmm. 360, you would boot Dark Souls and it would kick you out of the voice chat. Like yeah. they very specifically were going for a thing. And I think as the games have gotten popular, they've just been like, no, no, we, we actually do need a modern matchmaking system. Like it's ridiculous to try to hide somebody's sign underneath the barrel. So they yeah. don't get picked up by somebody else or, or whatever. All of this has got me insanely curious because you know, this week dark demon souls remastered was announced with blue point. Yes. The, the remaster for the PlayStation five yeah. and the amount of, dialogue going back and forth on, on Twitter and I think on Souls, various Souls places, are is, it's been kind of fascinating and I've seen people go from completely elated to, to really you know, just just very very wary of this port versus, not a port, but this, this build, a remaster, um, to exactly the opposite of being very wary of it and then seeing screenshots and then getting very excited all of these questions, like Demon Souls is so unique with the online servers and things like that I'm I'm super curious how how much from software is involved in if any if or what if any you know specific goals that they gave Blue Point of you know we might want to make sure that world tendency is in there things or whatever those examples are like I I'm fascinated with the idea of how they're going to replicate this game on a modern console.
1: Oh yeah, I'm super super excited for it. Um, like some people, I had a few reservations about like eh, maybe that character design is like kind of a step down in some ways, but like overall like. Dude, this is so cool! Like, <laughs> I, I'm I'm just so excited for this, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what changes happen. I'm fully like of the mindset, like, and again, maybe a, this is a bit of me being spoiled and having access to a computer that can emulate the game. Okay, um, but I feel like you know we have the original version of the game, and as you know, the price of a good gaming computer drops relative to what's needed for Demon Souls. Like, people can always just emulate it. Um, so I'm fully on board with them going in, changing whatever they want to change, whatever they need to change. Um, I would love to see, and I don't want to get my hopes up too much, but I would love to see World Tendency just like go crazy. Um, I would love to see things like changes into the environment happen. Uh, in the trailer for it, they show uh, like the Shrine of Storms looking a bit more on fire, where you see the skeletons, and then like when you get to the the boss, it's very like rainy. And it would be cool if, like, stuff like that changed. Like, if the environment got, like, more messed up, the darker the world tendency was. Um, you know, there, there's so many things they can do. And uh, I just, I really hope they just say, like, eh, who, who cares what the, how, exactly how the original was. Like, let's just f- fix this.
0: Sinclair Lore on Twitter had a what i'm sure was just a joke but i can't stop thinking about it which is like as your character or world tendency gets darker the more the graphics become like the original version of the game <laughs> 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 i'm just fascinated by like this you know beast of the machine that is the ps5 showing you like some really crudely animated skeletons and four one or whatever like i just like it just because <laughs> you've killed yourself or you killed a boss or whatever it is like i just fa- mm-hmm. fascinated by the idea um, uh, that would be hilarious. If like the the language around this this remaster, like if you go back to some quotes that Blue Point made um, after Shadow of the Colossus came out, they started talking about like we're going to like this is more of a reimagining, and like on our next mm-hmm. project, it's going to be a complete reimagining. And if we are doing that, then I want them to go all out with the online yes. stuff. Like I want I want world tendency to be what i envisioned it for bloodborne like you mentioned like changing the level like what i wanted for the bloodborne insight system was like i want i want to feel like i am going crazy almost like the um Mm -hmm. the weird insanity effects in um eternal darkness like i i wanted that kind of thing so like if we're going to if we're going to completely reimagine demon souls like let's fucking do it boys you know what i'm saying (laughs) like
1: let's go absolutely and like something else i like would hope to see is like just change the mechanics a bit, too. I mean, it would be interesting to see, like, Dark Souls 2 had uh, dual wielding. Dark Souls 3 had, like, the power stance thing. It wasn't really crazy about power stance, but uh, I don't know. I just feel like those other games added more, and, like, there's no reason to not experiment and just, like, give the game new and different things.
0: Do you think there's a chance that they completely ignore the online component of Demon Souls?
1: No, no way. They that would be really screwed up and that would have a big, huge backlash if they leave that out. Um, I think, I think that has to be in there. Um, I would hope that they keep the old monk the same. Uh, what's so great about the old monk, uh, I guess spoilers for anyone who doesn't already know, that's the boss fight where another player in PVP can be summoned into the fight. Um, the key difference from some later souls stuff is that they're summoned in as the boss, not like an NPC that helps the boss, uh, So that leads to some kind of interesting scenarios where, like, if the invader just wants to give the host a win, if they just want to keep, like, spamming gestures, like, they can do that. Uh, So it's kind of like a risky decision from a design standpoint where you're like, okay, this player is going to take on this boss now, and then it might be a really goofy experience, potentially. Uh, But I feel like they should just go all in and just keep that as it was, because, like, it's so cool being able to have the autonomy of, like, behaving as a boss how you want
0: I am. Um, I'm just like, I'm, I'm so on fire with curiosity about this because there's so many weird, unique things that make Demon Souls what it is. And either I want that replicated and available to me at all times, or I want somebody to take that, those unique original ideas and just run with them. Right? Like, I either want the game as it is on my PS4, PS5, or i like. I'm, I'm really hoping that Blue Point just gets crazy with it like and goes and does mm-hmm. some extremely weird stuff like the idea that there was a leaderboard in Demon Souls like I don't think that mo- a lot of people even really realize that like there's a yeah. place that you go in the Nexus and you can look up and compare your build to other people like it was insane yeah, the, the,
1: the Pantheon it keeps some cool stats yeah and, uh, that's, that's something else I'm going to be pointing out in the Soul Memory video is uh, the Pantheon actually keeps track of like for the players that it shows in there the total amount of souls they've ever acquired and uh, that's not something you think to look for the games have been keeping track of that number like since the start that's wild that's insane yeah
0: i uh, i got a notification from the uh, community run demon soul server um, the other day that they've added some sort of crazy stats in there so i'm, I'm wondering if they're like kind of data you know data mining that stuff and you know putting that, surfacing that somehow to the player and i'm super curious about that i need to log into that pretty soon
1: Oh, cool! Yeah, I'd really I missed that, and I haven't really heard anything about it. But yeah, I imagine you know it's since it's their own private server, they could sort of uh, gather those sort of stats. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm just kind of curious
0: how it works from like even just a basic UI perspective of how they're you know intercepting commands mm-hmm. or, or however they're doing that. I'd be super curious about. So,
1: Dark Souls Two was the one weird game that like did a bunch of like stat analysis back yeah. in the day. Um, it had that website where like it kept track of like. Play, not just like the monument in Majula that had like total number of player deaths, but I think it like logged player deaths by like area and like how many, how far into the game like the certain player base has gotten, like how many bosses they've taken down.
0: And I want to say and it had like popular weapons that website did at some point.
1: Yeah, I don't even remember. Yeah, um, it was... yeah that, that was like a really weird, fascinating bit of uh, Dark Souls 2's history that's like they wanted to make those stats like put up somewhere and that's kind of like a weird one-and-done thing. Like, I don't think they've tried that again since.
0: No, I haven't seen
1: anything like that for Dark Souls 3.
0: I mean, I think... Um, is it... I think the Scholar version of Dark Souls 2, and I think Dark Souls 3 has some sort of indicator on the... like, the warp map to let you know, like, popular areas and things like that. Um, but, like, I, I think that's as far as they have gone with that kind of thing. And, like, of course, Bloodborne has none of that because it just feels like it's its own little, like, stepchild <laughs> oh, from yeah. the Soul series.
1: A- absolutely. I,
0: um have you done any like have you have you started digging into uh, bloodborne at all now that there's you know random uh you know rumors and speculation about a pc version and things like that like are you going to go back into that or is this the souls thing the kind of thing that's keeping you going
1: oh so i would love to do bloodborne dissected um but it's definitely on the bottom of my list currently just because i don't have any good way to really dive deep into that game like that like i would like to um, I don't have, like, a hacked PS4, so I can't re- really, like, you know, do those kind of deep dives. And uh, I also don't currently have a capture card, and I only have the original um, PS4. So if I was if I was going to do something like my sort of, like, area, like the level layout analysis, like I did for Dark Souls 1, and then I'm going to be doing for the other, other Souls games... Uh, it's kind of like okay, I can't hack the game, so maybe I can just like make a video where I'm looking around with binoculars and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but also the footage is going to be 720p and like really weird colors because I only <laughs> have the original PS4. It's like no, that's not going to happen. Like so <laughs> that's that's being pushed like way later on. Like if I can get the right tools and set up to start tinkering with Bloodborne, then I'll start looking into it more. But yeah, until then, that's sort of uh, not really been an option for me.
0: It's crazy to me how uh, many people I know who specifically bought things like capture cards or or whatever, including myself, like specifically for Souls. Like I think my very first Dark Souls PvP video was literally me holding the phone my phone out and recording the footage off my TV of some weird invasion. Like it was, I was like, Oh wait, I need to do, I need to, I need, there's gotta be a way I can just do this. Right. I can just capture this. I'm like, I need to record this somehow.
1: Yeah. It's- so something, something kind of funny is like on my YouTube channel where like before I did the dark souls dissected series, I had a lot of just random clips of like random crap from the games. Cause I wasn't really making like YouTube catered content. It was more like, Oh, if I'm testing something, here's a supplemental like documentation of it I can link to or whatever. Um, So I've since made a lot of that stuff unlisted just to kind of, like, declutter my page. But I kept a a few things on there. And one of them is, uh, in Dark Souls 2, when you kill NPCs, they can eventually have, like, gravestones spawn later on that you have to pay souls to, like, resurrect their ghost. Mm -hmm. And you can, like, interact with their ghost still. And uh, back when that was getting figured out, like, how it worked, how long you had to wait, I figured out that it used, like, set. Like, each NPC has their own wait time or whatever. So, like, I recorded, like, like, terrible off-screen footage of me with, like an ipad one or something and like the timer like me like (laughs) resting at a bonfire after like an hour passes to show this ghost like i just got a comment the other day being like like i don't even remember what it said was like someone was making fun of me for using off-screen footage and i was like that's hilarious
0: (laughs) hey people have to start somewhere random youtube commenter, go do your own thing (laughs) oh man that's hilarious i uh like are you are you still primarily pretty much focused on the souls games? Like have you had the urge or the desire to do this with any other game series or to to delve in and kind of figure out how things work?
1: So I don't know. I've been debating it in my head because I definitely want to talk about other non-souls stuff. Um, I don't know if the dives would be necessarily as deep in the same kind of way. It'd probably be framed a little bit differently. So I don't know if I would keep the dissected name necessarily. Um, but, like, the first thing off the top of my head, there's a game called uh, Mr. Gimmick, which is like the, which is where my, like, avatar and social media comes from. Uh, that's an old Famicom game, and, like, that's probably almost certainly going to be the first non-Souls game I'm going to talk about. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to branch off, and it's probably going to lean towards uh, retro games.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Because <clears throat> you guys are still doing the podcast, right? Like, I'm, I know it's, like, not on a regular basis but you're still putting out yeah a music it's, podcast.
1: it's it's sort of been like semi hiatus of like longer waits between episodes and just kind of doing it when we can um but yeah that's the, for those who don't know my second love after dark souls or i should say like my first love actually before dark souls was always uh the audio in classic video games and how the music and sound effects work behind the scenes and uh so i have as, as well as i know like dark souls i kind of know like nes music and stuff like that so that's uh That's my sort of favorite thing uh, next to Dark Souls.
0: Yeah and then if anybody has even like a passing interest in that kind of material or how how any of that stuff is made definitely go check out the podcast i'll put a link in the show notes because oh my god like it's it opened my eyes like i've i've always been one of these people who'd consumed a lot of music but i'm i'm not very musically talented myself so I, it's i don't understand how people write songs like even to this day like i just don't understand how that works <laughs> so like hearing you know um, you and your co-host talk about you know, how these tools were used, especially like when you get into the math stuff, when they're actually like writing programs essentially to re- create to get output out of this device is just fascinating to me.
1: Oh yeah. I love that stuff. There was so much creativity with like the thing I sort of always point to with old Nintendo games is like the sound is really simplistic, right? Like you can look at like, Oh, there's square waves. There's a triangle wave. There's a, there's a noise channel. Um, because of the extreme limitations, you'd expect it to all kind of sound the same and it sort of does from like a, from a distance but like there have been times where like I've fired up the soundtrack to a Nintendo game that like I didn't really know anything about I just sort of like dug into a random archive clicked on it and it's like I can identify in some cases the composer or the company that made this without knowing anything else about it just based on the way it sounds and there's really that level of detail in like how they crafted the sound design um, so there's like a lot of subtle and weird stuff when it comes to that sound design and I, that really just fascinates me
0: um, um, it's, you know, going back to Dark Souls, I like, heard about the Soul mm-hmm. series a little bit. Um, that was one thing that stuck out to me on the Demon Souls trailer is just not having that original soundtrack. Um, number one, like, how fast do you think people were trying to mod that in? I mean, I know it's PlayStation 5, but, <laughs> but like, that's the would be like one of the first things I would want to do. Uh, and number two, like, how, how did you, obviously, it's just the one song, so like, we don't really know what the rest of it sounds like, but it's the, the soundtrack for Demons is so iconic that man, I just, I, I really hope they can just figure out the licensing and, like, give me an option t- for the original soundtrack, you know?
1: That would be so cool if they had that as an option. Um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily expect them to, but... Yeah, I'm the, I, I love the Demon's Soul soundtrack. Um, on the jankiest side of it is, like, the really cheap, obvious, like, synth patches sometimes where it's like, okay, that's r- not really not a real instrument. Um, but that's just sort of par for the course for the era, you know? Like, mm-hmm. And the, it sounds awesome and has a great vibe and what i love about the demon soul soundtrack is how simple it is compared to the later souls soundtracks um you have i think the biggest distinction is like sometimes you have songs where you listen to it and you you can be like hey there's maybe like six instruments in this entire song like it's not some huge crazy orchestration and the souls games have tried to go bigger and bigger and bigger in their sounds and it's kind of like i love the fact that like this track might be like a harpsichord and an organ and this other thing like in their trombone or whatever the hell and uh that sort of like smaller approach to the set like i hope they keep that intact um i would love to hear some songs where it's just like it sounds like a small group of musicians playing to the boss
0: or if failing that they can put the original soundtrack in just like keeping true to that spirit and like not not re-recording it with a forty-seven 000 piece orchestra or what have you but like right. really really keeping that simplicity to it it strikes me that uh the, this talking about the soundtrack to demon souls is it's almost kind of a microcosm of what makes demon souls unique like that simplicity the the kind of weirdness and the the slight amount of jank and you know repurposing yeah. of, of material like all of that serves to make this like crazy interesting atmospheric and and moody thing that just despite being iterated on over the last over a decade now like hasn't really been replicated and that's what i'm extremely curious about if blue point's going to be able to capture like looking at very specifically like that tower night image that they Mm -hmm. showed in the trailer and comparing that side by side as you and sean the lore hunter and a bunch of other people have made videos Mm -hmm. about like that it's so clear like it you can see everything so well that I'm I'm curious if it's going to lose some of the mood that it that the original game had.
1: Yeah, I, I'm definitely anticipating the mood to be fairly different uh, and not recreated perfectly. Um, but as we were talking about earlier, like I'm kind of okay with them experimenting and making a bunch of changes like it's worth to see. You know, maybe they're going for contrast. Like maybe that area isn't going to be as moody, but then maybe that'll serve as like this extreme contrast to other areas of the game that are way darker and way crazier. So, um, I'm sort of I'm keeping an open mind on that regard, where it, I think it's just going to feel kind of like a different beast.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I pro- I think that's probably the best approach is to treat this as a a new game right so because i feel like if i um if i if i treat it like oh i'm going to be playing demon souls again like i will trip myself up with expectations versus i'm getting to play a reimagining of one of my favorite games like and i'm yeah that actually kind of opens the doors to all sorts of interesting things to me. Like, imagine if Nintendo was like, "Okay, everybody gets to completely reimagine Mario One or Super Mario World, which is probably my favorite game of all time." Like, like go crazy with it, everybody! Like, what would yeah. come from that? Like, the creativity would be d- d- super interesting to me. Mm-hmm.
1: And this is funny too, because like again, as I mentioned before, like I ended picked a few things in the in the trailer, but overall, I'm just I was so happy and so excited when they announced it uh i know like the rumor was really pointing towards that for a while but in a way it's just like i know people have been waiting elden ring news for a long time uh, but i'm just kind of like eh, whatever we'll hear about elden ring when we hear about elden ring like for whatever reason like this just has me like so much more excited um you know maybe that'll change when i actually see what elden ring is and has it in it uh, and it's not just like a cg teaser but uh yeah i was just like Everyone wants Elden Ring news, but like this was the news I wanted to hear.
0: I think it's if we knew anything else about Elden Ring, I would be more excited for Elden Ring. Like obviously I'm I'm yeah. super stoked for because this seems like the first major project and it seems like it's going to be they've implied that it's much larger in scope than something like Sekiro is and mm-hmm. this feels like modern from software like okay like we got fucking George r. r martin and we got the full like we're triple a AAA powerhouse like let's do this um so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really really curious about it but with demon souls like i've i, I have that's almost a known quantity for me so like when i see that they're remastering demon souls i know pretty much like what to expect from that and i can get excited about it versus elden ring which has had one very stylish and kind of fascinating trailer and some some text about it and that's really it so i don't know what to get excited about like what is that going to be what do they mean by open world like you know i've seen people argue that dark souls is an open world or that bloodborne isn't an open world and like what what does from software mean about that which is what i'm really really curious about
1: and and it's funny too i think we just passed the one year anniversary of that teaser uh, elden ring trailer so (laughs) it's a year of silence it it
0: is and you know i mean that I think a lot of that has to do with like, you know the COVID nineteen and all this other stuff. Um, I think they just, and, and I think also maybe you know, as, as much as I love from software, like they, they have released some stuff kind of early from time to time, <laughs> right? So like maybe they are really taking their time and, and polishing this to make sure that it's it's a super good thing, and they just don't want to announce anything. I don't, I don't know. Do you have any secret I insights? Re- do you have any contacts at from software that are that are DMing you at night?
1: <laughs> I have none. So the the funny the. Teeny sliver of inside info that I had on Elden Ring going way back. Um, I had heard early on rumors of an open world RPG that was going to involve travel with, like, you know, horseback riding and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of given through the grapevine through someone I didn't hear from them direct, directly, but it was passed along from someone who had inside info on the Dark Souls 3 DLCs before they came out. Um, like this is someone who knew that dark souls 3 was going to have a painted world dlc and they correctly guessed that so this same person was apparently saying like hey from software is working on an open world rpg it's going to have horseback riding um so i had heard that before that sort of reached the community like before those rumors had kind of leaked and that sort of panned out to be true so i was like oh my god i had a bit of inside info that like no one else knew that's kind of cool but that's like easily like that's what I just said is literally all the info I had, which is like <laughs> all been confirmed now, basically like, Oh yeah, it's a big open world RPG and all this other stuff and kingdoms. And you get these powers and it's like, yeah, okay. That's already supa- surpassed the tiny morsel of information I had. So
0: what's your, uh, like, obviously it's, it's super early. So like we, it's, it's difficult to even talk about like what you would want from that. But like, that was always a question that I asked when I was doing, don't give up skeleton on a regular basis, which is like, what do you want to see from, from software next? And, um, Elden Ring like what what would you what's your ideal for like in like what do you want to see from it
1: I would love to see some sort of metroidvania kind of stuff happening um obviously if it's more open world that's kind of at odds with like how Dark Souls 1 was a com- compact 3D metroidvania um but what I mean by that is when I've talked about how Dark Souls 1 like is a metroidvania the sort of dissenting opinion is like well me- metroidvanias typically have like powers that you get that allow That advanced the exploration in other areas. Dark Souls 1 doesn't do that exactly. It's like, sure, you get keys and you get a ring that lets you walk in lava and et cetera. Um, But it always felt like if you made minor tweaks to Dark Souls 1, like, oh, if a double jump is what let you, like, if you got a double jump after ringing both bells and that got you into Sense Fortress, like, that is 100% Metroidvania. So I think the rumors with Elden Rings or the promises that, like, when you take down different kingdoms, you get different abilities of some kind or some kind of power, at least, from each kingdom. And, like, I was really wondering if, like, okay, if these are going to be kind of movesets or abilities that let you sort of do Metroidvania kind of stuff in the environment, I think that would be really cool.
0: Yeah, I'd be be interested if they can pull that off. Like, I I just finished my first major playthrough of breath of the wild and a similar thing where you go to an area and like you beat the boss and you get like a power um but those powers aren't really used as keys like you don't and really you don't have to do any of them if you don't want to like they're they're not they're Mm not The game does not require you to do them or to do them in a certain order or anything so i'd like if i get those like if they're going to go that direction like i want there to be like oh i get this power so now i can do this early which makes me which changes my game experience from you know playthrough to playthrough like that would be really really interesting to me
1: yeah that would be awesome and i know they've sort of toyed around with that idea in the past of like being able to well obviously just the non-linearity of the games being able to tackle them very differently in subsequent playthroughs um i remember dark souls 2 had this promise early on in development that like you would be able to, like, skip the first half of the game if you wanted. And, like, it didn't really quite work out that way. Um, <laughs> you just so, have to kill uh, the rotten I, 27 times, and you can skip the yeah, first just, half of the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just farm one boss a million times, <laughs> and then that way you don't have to get the rest of the Lord's Souls or whatever they're called. Um, I, f- I feel like they've been wanting to do something like that, so this could be a neat opportunity where maybe the order in which you do the kingdoms really affects, like, how you can progress through, through them.
0: Before I let you go, I'm uh, curious... About the the last few years, I've seen such a proliferation of quote unquote souls likes, Um, Mm -hmm. whatever your definition of that term is. Whether it's you know Mm -hmm. um, souls with guns and Immortal Unchained, or souls with bugs and Hollow Knight, or you know Salt Sanctuary. Like, uh, there's been so many of those. Have you have you delved off into them? Is there any particular one that you would that you either think really really worked for you or really didn't work for you?
1: I haven't played like any of them really. Uh, Well, so I played Hollow Knight, and that was awesome uh that was really good because it gets called the souls like a lot but really i feel like all it really takes from souls is kind of like that the atmosphere and the vagueness of the story um but does it in its own way that feels like justify? it doesn't feel like they're just copying souls and just apart from that it's really just a metroidvania and it just happens to be a really really good one um probably the best one in a long time although i can't really say i've played you know everything under the metroidvania umbrella Uh, I love that. I sort of bounced off of Salt and Sanctuary unfortunately. Um, I should try it again, but like, I don't know there's a couple times I tried playing it on the TV and just like, the game kind of hurt my eyes in some way. Like I don't know, there's something about the visual component where it's not even just like the aesthetic necessarily but like, as a sort of fogginess and haziness and like I think I remember some of the text looking kind of small, like, so I was kind of like squinting from across the room and it yeah, just felt like, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, <laughs> Unfortunately, they, yeah. they did patch yeah.
0: it to have bigger text. Like they, they gave, they put those options in. Um, but oh, yeah, I should take a look at that. The, um, the, I think that was one of the major complaints that a lot of people had was like, Oh, like, it's just really hard to read. Like I, it's like the silhouetting was, everything was kind of, I don't want to say muddy because I feel like that's an over, overused term, but like, Everything was really dark on dark. Like, it was really hard to make out stuff and from from time to time.
1: Um, yeah, there was some sort of visual noise where, like, I bounced off of it and then I, I came back to the game, like, some months later being like, okay, you know, I'm going to sit down I'm going to try it again. And then the same thing happened, unfortunately. I was like, ah, oops.
0: I find it um, fascinating that the all of these Souls-likes take different approaches and then and maybe it's just a gaming press thing of like everything has to be related to a dark souls (laughs) when it comes out but you have games like salt and sanctuary which you know really dove off into the you know skill system and then you have things like ashen which is like we want atmosphere and then we want level design but they Mm -hmm. almost completely left out a complicated combat system which is one of my big complaints about that game so I don't know, like that. But these these games taking lessons from a series that's been so heavily examined as Dark Souls is is just kind of interesting and, and fascinating. If not, maybe a little hackneyed at this point. Like, okay, guys, yeah. we get it.
1: <laughs> Something I have been enjoying, where it's like I get to just instead of diving deep into that world myself, is a uh, Iron Pineapple on YouTube uh, has a bunch of videos where he he digs up like any Souls like that he can find at all. Like, so he gets like some really really bad games on Steam. And just does these sort of compilation videos being like, hey, here's some more Souls likes. And uh, those are really funny to see because <laughs> some of them are really weird and really bad. And it's just kind of funny uh, seeing someone else do the the deep dive into that.
0: Yeah, I've, I've been, I follow that dude on Twitter and um, he's, I, I just need to ask him if he'll come on the podcast and talk about Dark Souls sometimes. I've, I really wanted to get him on the show, but yeah, like those, those weird souls likes that he comes from, he, he brings up, and I'm like, where did you even find this? Like, are you just going yeah. literally going through Steam to get this stuff? This is crazy. So yeah, He
1: dives deep. He was like, he pulled up some that were made in uh, Dreams, yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so.
0: I've, uh, I'm fascinated with Dreams. I just, I wish any of that stuff looked like it, it played better. Like, I feel like my problem with medium molecule media molecule goes all the way back to little Big planet, which is like everything yep. feels kind of floaty and I just don't like this I don't like the jump <laughs> like I hate to be that guy but I don't like the jump and all of their games have that jump but I don't know why <laughs>
1: it's it's the thing where I love the concept and I love the creativity and like that people can make really really awesome s- things with it but I've never gotten invested to the point of like getting into those games myself mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it's one of those things I sort of appreciate from the outside like oh I, I think favorably of this but I don't get invested
0: (laughs) just like Mario maker. Like I'm, I'm real heavily into Mario maker, uh, but I only really experience it via streaming now. I just watch other people play really hard. Mario. I
1: (laughs) I was doing the same thing for a while, but I just fired it up again the other day. And, uh, so funny thing I used to speed run original super Mario brothers one. Um, this was way back in like 2004 or so. So this is kind of before like streaming culture kind of existed. Uh, i thought i was a good mario player uh i've been deeply deeply humbled and kind of like <laughs> realized that like oh you know not really um just seeing how the community has like really deconstructed these games and there are some i i love watching some streamers in mario maker these people are just so amazing at these games and it just absolutely blows my mind yeah um
0: it's when they just, um, when they added the link power up to Mario Maker 2 and within I feel like 24 hours like we had like Kaizo link stuff and yeah, the requirements and it, it forced me like I was playing Mario Maker casually just with my switch in handheld mode. And when mm-hmm. the link stuff came out, I was like, oh, I can't. I can't physically do this like with my hands. Like I have to have a controller if I may even even approach this stuff. And I bought a switch pro controller <laughs> just so I could be able to try to use it. Even then, like I can do some of it, but you know, the, the, Especially now, man, with the you can go from a link power up to a Mario Two power up, which changes the way that you interact with things. And like yep. you're, you're just go, you're and it's just so fast and it's so crazy. Like it's amazing to watch. Like I, yeah. I get made fun of. One of my friends like makes fun of me.
1: She's like, "Why are you watching so much Mario Maker?" I'm like, "I just do it, okay? I just love it." I, I I'm, I'm glad you're. I'm not alone on this because actually, that's like one of my most watched YouTube things right now is just Mario Maker, like people playing those games. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Shout out to Grand Pooh bear being like probably one of the most, one of the coolest people I know on YouTube and or Twitch and like,
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I've seen some of this stuff. I've been watching a lot of a uh, Ryu car. Yeah. As well, yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. That dude's
0: awesome too. Um, I just, you know, with that's everything funny. going on, like it's, it's, it's nice seeing like actually seeing streamers, like actually take a stance on stuff and like, he's, he's pretty pro black lives matter right now. And it's just been really, like it makes you, yes, I don't yes. like, I, I was, don't necessarily seek that out to to look for, but when like content creators, like say the words that you that you were saying and it's, it's just really really nice to hear like oh yeah this person is not a shitbag and they and they have similar views to humanity that I do so
1: yeah we've reached a place where like, there's always like the cynical gamer who's like oh just i don't want to hear politics just talk about the game just talk about the game but it's like if i had a own political uh, like twitter account or whatever that'd just be shouting into the void the whole idea is that like things are so screwed up right now that well not just right now they have been but um, people more people need to be saying even if they're not like getting involved in some deep way like you just need to be able to like clarify like no this is not okay like what is happening is not okay uh trump is not okay Uh, everything you know it's it's uh things are dire enough to warrant speaking out and it is very very heartwarming to see people a lot of people coming forward and being like the status quo is not acceptable things absolutely have to change
0: Uh, 100 percent agreed like if you have any kind of platform at all. Like I think that if you're putting stuff out there, like it's just, it's just really important to, Hey, like I, I or just to say the words, just like we support black lives matter. Like you don't have to go into a big long winded thing. Like we're not going to like, I'm not going to on our monster of the week podcast for about supernatural. Like they're tuning into that to listen to about us talk about hunks. Like we're not going to go real hard on politics, but like, we're going to say the words. So yeah. Um, well thank you man this has been so yes. great to catch up with you it's been four years since our original conversation on this podcast wow, yeah. it's just that's it's weird that i have known you that long i guess
1: <laughs> yeah. oh totally the, the time has been slipping by it's crazy absolutely um, uh but tell everybody where, yeah.
0: you, where they can find you everybody pretty much knows but let them know anyway
1: oh sure yeah i'm on youtube as a uh, illusory wall i think it's youtube.com slash illusory wall or if you just search for dark souls dissected demon souls dissected and before long there should be more dissected series of other souls games and uh, also on twitter uh, at illusory wall and that's pretty much it
0: cool well thank you again for joining us man i appreciate it
1: yeah thank you so much it's good talking to you again
0: as always i've been jeremy Uh, i don't remember how to close this out this podcast because i don't do it every (laughs) single week anymore (laughs) but uh, don't give up skeleton.com is the site where you can listen to uh, illusory walls old episode it was episode number six Um, or you can listen to the other 100 some odd 100 200 episodes on there Um, thank you so much for subscribing to the feed still uh, I I am really not seeking new episodes out I'm kind of just like casually talking to people and if a conversation comes up I'm like oh hey like let's 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 reconnect and let's let's chat about souls so uh, don't expect weekly episodes or anything but I've been really excited to release the occasional remastered episode Um, yeah that's it everybody bye thanks Don't give up, skeleton, I think is what I say at the end of this. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're good. Awesome. Sorry about the the background. These guys were yelling outside
1: of my window. I I actually couldn't hear any of that through my... uh, Yeah, Yeah, I was actually just in the process of uh, doing something.